Hey, Flophouse listeners. Uh, Around now is where you would normally hear me make a mild witticism about the film that we're doing this week before introducing the show. But before we get to that, I just want to introduce, uh, on behalf of our new podcast network, Maximum Fun, the uh, capo de capo of Maximum Fun, (laughs) Mr. Jesse Thorne. (laughs) That is actually on my business card, Stan. Great. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Just just hanging here, trying to pretend it's not awkward to talk on a cell phone and record it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in L.A. You're in New York. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I should be here to sort of explain what it means that the Flophouse is joining Maximum Fun and, and that kind of thing. Basically, I guess I'll start with like what Maximum Fun is. We're a network of podcasts that is driven by... The themes of culture and comedy, of which, of course, the flop house is both. Um, <laughs> and uh, all of our shows are owned by their creators. And so essentially what we do as a network is provide support for those shows in the same way that, uh, you know, maybe a public radio station provides support for the shows that it carries on its air. You know, we, we do sometimes have a little bit of advertising, but we're, we're mostly focused on listeners and uh, listener support for our shows. Yeah, I mean, our our goal is to make shows like this one a success, and and make sure that the people who the people who make them can uh, earn money from them, at least enough money for them to be able to continue doing them. Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah, and uh, listeners of the show probably, if they like me at all and aren't just listening for uh, Elliot and Stu, uh, heard me appear on your uh, podcast, JJ Go. And uh, obviously our friend at The Daily Show, Judge John Hodgman. John Hodgman has his podcast over with you guys. So it seemed like a good fit for us. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, we're a group of a dozen or so, like it's now up to 15 or so, like-minded shows that have banded together under one umbrella to raise money for all of us and uh, because we share a common vision and uh, common goals. So... The big news here is that there is a new way to support the Flophouse. If you're a big fan of the Flophouse, you want to see it continue and you want to see these guys get paid, uh, the way to do it is become a member of MaximumFun.org. Um, it's easy to do. You just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, when you donate, you will decide an amount of money per month to give. Um, and when you do that, you will tell us what shows you listen to. And the money that you donate goes to the shows that you listen to. It's easy and it's fun. It's great. Maximumfund.org slash donate is the place to do it. You even get like thank you gifts and stuff. Um, I, I don't want to go too far into them because we, you know, we usually only have one pledge drive a year. But um, we thought, you know, this is a new thing. These guys could use some some continuing support, you know, some 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 money that they can count on. And so that's why we're going to you, the audience, just this one time. Um, and then we won't be back at you until the annual pledge drive, which isn't until uh, late spring. Yeah, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we love putting out the show. We don't particularly do it for the money. I think if you get into podcasting for that, you have been woefully misinformed. <laughs> but um, I do think uh, the, the show, surprise, surprisingly enough, does uh, cost a little to put out. And uh, it would be nice to be able to pay my co-hosts for their time. So, uh, yeah, if you feel, uh, interested in doing so, why not support us through, uh, donations at max fun. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, Dan. Um, the reason that I started Maximum Fun uh, was because I felt like people who do work like this deserve to get paid. I mean, I don't, I don't, like you said, nobody goes into this expecting to be rich. But the truth is that you know, if if we take you as an example, you know, you have a, a very demanding day job, and you do this because you love it, but. If you are paid for your work, it allows you to prioritize your work in a way that you otherwise couldn't. So you can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. You can choose a level to do- at which to donate. Um, you can give five bucks a month if you want. Um, even if you only listen to the Flophouse, that's, that's still an incredibly reasonable amount of money. Um, and I bet there is a lot of crossover in the audience between already extant Flophouse listeners and, and folks who listen to other MaximumFun.org shows. Yeah. But we just wanted to, yeah, we just wanted to introduce the network and uh, share this with you. So thank you to everybody for donating, and remember that you know the the money that you donate goes to the shows that you listen to. Um, so go to maximumfund.org/donate, and I'm I'm really excited about having the Flophouse on board. I personally am a really huge fan of the show, and I was so excited that um, uh, that you guys are joining up with us. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for welcoming us. Yeah, of course. Here, have this lay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's sort of snug. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's good because it does double duty. It's good for welcoming people to your tropical island. It's also good for garroting people as a mafia hitman. Oh, I appreciate it. Is that how that word is pronounced? Garroting. <laughs> garroting? Yes, I believe so. Garroting? Garroting. Greetings. Anyway, the moral of this story is go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. <laughs> and, right. and welcome, Flophouse, to MaximumFun.org. We are so, so, so happy to have you. Thank you. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> what just happened? Was there some sort of spirit just snuck in? Some sort of forest spirit? Quick, throw salt over your shoulder to distract it. Uh, uh, put some rice in the corner. It has to count the grains before it can chase you. Okay, well, while it's counting the rice grains, I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. And, and in the... And yes... Spirit. Oh, and I'm... Hallie Hagler. You, you said before we started, <laughs> don't worry about me. I was waiting for you. I thought you were going to say who you were. He, he I did. did. I did the first. I was the first oh, person. I thought you were going to say it twice. Sometimes people forget about you. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But um, not tonight, because this is the Flophouse podcast. I'm the fourth favorite member of the group, and there's only three of us. After me, Stuart, the house cat, the idea of the platonic <laughs> Flophouse ideal host, Allie, and then, of course, a couple other guest hosts. Then there's Bob Barker, mm-hmm. former host of The Price is Right, not and, to mention uh, the movie The Host. And, and there's Dan's phone case. <laughs> <laughs> phone Very case. popular, yeah. Why would that be <laughs> part of the whole conversation? Have you, have you seen it? And, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, my a, it's a cool case. Keeps it's the phone safe. Choice, Thanks. But it is giving you a run for your 
You're so, a little bit above uh, Cole, Cole as ice, Flop Hauser, <laughs> a.k.a. Cole Hauser, the actor. Yeah. So, Dan, what do we do on the Flop House okay, podcast well, of which uh, this is? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And, oh boy, this month, <laughs> do you it's wanna... the holiest of holies. <gasps> the high holy month of the Flop House calendar. They because... probably knew from the spooky music that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the chains rattling and the witches howling and the werewolves howling. <laughs> and the witch wolves howling. And the werewitches also howling. <laughs> but, and, and the howling Joe Dante. <laughs> but it's Shocktober. Shocktober? Shocktober, you say. So Smallvember is over. Yeah. Smallvember. The relative peace of small <laughs> small timber. Welcome to the, the hellish maelstrom of Shocktober. <laughs> when all evil walks the earth and... And the veil between the other world and this is at its thinnest. Can you, can you hear that sound? Boogans. <laughs> yes. Ow, it shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> the curtain between the spirit world and ours is so thin that you can see a ghost's nipple sticking through it. <laughs> yep. When ghosts and goblins and gooblins and... And goblins. <laughs> when ghosts and ghosts and Ryan ghostlings. Oh, uh, it's terrifying. Yeah, well, it's no, a he... living hell, but funny. <laughs> well, anyway, the point is, the world is a blasted nightmare, and its name is Shocktober, and we... we're in it. <laughs> Boogans! Shocktober, you're soaking in it. So, Dan, what happens in Shocktober? Well, we watch horror movies with a slightly larger frequency than the rest <laughs> of the Because we year. do watch horror movies in other times of the year. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes never two horror movies are bad. Yeah. That's true. Sometimes horror movies are bad. Often they're bad, I would Sometimes say. Sometimes they're good, too, though. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks. That's You're fun right. facts from Stuart. <laughs> That's on know. the bottom of your Stuart trading cards. <laughs> and so, Dan, we watch horror movies, and we have a special guest with us. Mm-hmm. Her name's Hallie Haglin. We talked about it already. <laughs> but we didn't introduce her as a out-of-the-ordinary person. Yeah. A supernatural guest. Yeah. Helly <laughs> Hag. <laughs> I mean, she kind of has a Halloween name already. Yeah. Uh, so, Allie, you love horror movies. I, yeah, sure. You like being, <laughs> you like being scared. I love being scared. You really wanted to be scared tonight, and we tried to tell you. We were like, no, none of the movies we're going to watch. I mean, <laughs> Dan turned off one of the lights. Any, you, guys. you were, you were, you were shivering. At one point, you said, "No, don't go in there." Yeah. Uh, you were holding onto a stuffed animal bunny. Saying it, it'll be okay, Mr. Bun Bun. It's just a movie. I cried. Um, do you guys know that every October first, I start praying that I'll see a ghost this month? Because <laughs> it doesn't count the other months. You're tired of seeing ghosts in summer. No, I forget it, July ghost. Yeah, come on. No, thank you. I don't need a bikini-ready ghost. <laughs> I'm a real ghost. Real ghosts have curves, people. <laughs> sure. Trouble with the curves. So, Dan, what movie did we watch? Uh, we watched uh, The Quiet Ones. So named, I assume, because the movie is very quiet, except for when loud noises explode on the soundtrack. Yeah, and there's only one quiet one in it, so it really mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Who is it? Uh, the, <laughs> Tell me. The lady Spoiler who makes me. all the things happen with her mind. Also the one that you weren't aware of, because she was just so quiet. Did you guys pick up on that character? I didn't pick up on that character yeah, at all. Yeah, she's only credited in the credits. That's the only way you know she's a character. <laughs> she was movie. always off camera and very quiet. Yeah. She was, she's actually pretty shy. 
She's just wearing a sweater. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the scariest of garments. <laughs> what could be under that sweater? Oh, oh, it's so hard to tell. Just a rib cage, maybe. It keeps you devilishly warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> warm the devil's. What? Wait, it's a part what? of the te- part of the yeah. thermometer. Warm the devils. Yeah, warm the devils. Mean? It's a it's a Disney <laughs> the, comedy from the seventies. Warm the devils. <laughs> warm the devils. No, that's Wormy Devils. The okay. Sequel to Wormy Boners. <laughs> yeah, sure. Stuart Wellington. It got film. the sequel got greenlit. Uh, it got redlit. Okay, that's good in this case though. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's like hell. bad is in good, but good is uh-huh. bad, right? Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. Slangage. Anyway. Let's talk about the movie, The Quiet Ones, since we're now in the depth pits of inco- incomprehensibility mm-hmm. in our normal talking. Uh, the Quiet Ones is takes place in Oxford, England in 1974. Uh, Jared Harris, who TV's, everyone, TV's Lane Price. Uh, and who will the be, bad guy from Fringe. And the bad guy from the second Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, Moriarty. Ulysses S. That's Grant. That's on TV, though. That's and a movie. Ulysses S. Grant in Lincoln, which I love Jared Harris he is hilarious in Lincoln. Really? But not, he's just like, well, Mr. President. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. But I, uh, Jared Harris, an actor I've been a fan of, I'll just say, since I was a teenager, <laughs> when I saw him in a production of Hamlet as Hamlet uh, in the New Dropper. Jersey Shakespeare Festival. Again. That's right. It's another tale of Elliot seeing an actor on stage. <laughs> it was. Ooh, so he joins the uh, he, he he joins the Jenks, Jake Gyllenhaal or somebody, right? Who else have you seen on Ethan stage? Hawk. On stage. Uh, Ethan Jake Gyllenhaal, Ethan Hawke, a number of times. Kevin Spacey, oh, lots of great actors. Oh man! Uh, they, every time they look at you and wink, yeah, because they like, know I'm in the audience. I'll, I'll remember they, you forever. They tug their ear, Carol Burnett style, at the end when they <laughs> say good night. Well, someday you'll put this in a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a production a of Hamlet with Lily Taylor as Ophelia. And a number of not as good local actors. Yeah, he's, he's Richard Harris's son. Is that correct? He is, in fact. Mm. That must have been a really good performance. That's that's a good cast. Those I mean, those, those two those were two good, good in it. There were other people who were not. The guy who played Laertes was not so great. But uh, Jared Harris did something in that performance that always stuck with me, which <laughs> is like he Leif dropped his trousers. <laughs> which is he just <laughs> that's French for the farties. <laughs> Uh, which is when they're they're watching Hamlet and he's acting like he's crazy. Jared Harris had him kind of sleepwalking and then walk and then clearly the character knows what he's doing, but he's pretending to be sleepwalking and he walked right off the stage and fell into the audience. And I, I remember as the first time as a kid that I saw an actor do something that like breaking the wall or that you know like physical, and it really stuck with me. So that was a great choice, Jared Harris. Yeah. And it the crowd like, it sounds like it would hurt him. Was so. he okay? He yeah, I mean, he popped Did the right audience back up. like crowd surf him back onto the stage. Yeah, yeah. It was just like <laughs> they caught him. That was, like, it was like beautiful. Or something. It was just like the end, the, the end of the subway car sequence in Spider Man Two, mm-hmm. or actually the end of Hamlet, the Kenneth Branagh movie. I think they crowd surf his body over a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: Hamlet. Or like my eighth grade Oasis concert when I crowd surfed over all the people. How was it? <laughs> It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but you hadn't just died or fallen unconscious. I mean, I might as well have. I I saw Oasis, so why live live on? <laughs> That's a good point. Anyway, the movie I'm surprised starts. Surprised you haven't torn your eyes and ears off at this point. <laughs> Since They're no, worthless now. All you see or hear will be a disappointment from this point on. Uh, Jared Harris is an Oxford professor who spe- who's one of these professors of supernaturalisms that uh, you see in this and Ghostbusters and other movies. Yeah, I. Really I really wish I had had a class to take like this in college because I totally would have. Yeah, me too. 
Which was, one would you be? Would you be the lady in the hot pants or would you be the crazy demon lady? <laughs> we, I'd hope the crazy demon lady. <laughs> you would be the crazy demon lady. I have some lady. self-respect. <laughs> okay. Except your You're more the, would... the Ali Sheedy as opposed to the, uh, what's the, her name? Molly Ringwald? <laughs> yeah. yeah Molly everybody Ringworm. forgets her. <laughs> yeah, in the... <laughs> is, is that that's a... her, that's her October name, Molly <laughs> Ringworm. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's not even a college movie. That's a high school movie. Uh, Helmelio. But, Helstavis was also in <laughs> And of course, Anthony Michael Hell. Now, continuing with this movie, Jared Harris is a professor of parapsychology who is showing his class video of a boy who is... Who was, it's psychology that you do from a parachute when you're being... It's parrot psychology. Yeah. Yes, you want a cracker, but why? <laughs> so he's, he says that people who seem to be possessed by demons actually are telekinetics and the only way that they can express that power without going insane is to project it as some other personality or being that is acting through them. And he hires a local student, Brian, to be the cameraman for a, his series of experiments in a house somewhere. After a scene that seemed ripped from uh, God is not dead. Literally, Jared Harris <laughs> <laughs> ripped from Wait, the- is that the is that the Shocktober version of it? That's the Shocktober version of Law and Order. <laughs> the stories are ripped from the deadlines. Yeah, Law and Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> special Graves Unit. Yeah. So, Special Coffins Unit, I guess. All right. So... There's a scene where he's, it's like, he's a professor and he's like, well, the supernatural doesn't exist. So let's look at this thing. And a student is like, what? You're crazy and unethical. And it did feel like God is not dead, inter- like invaded this movie for a moment. Okay, I with- did not get that. I did not get that. And this movie makes a lot more sense now that you say that. Wait, what? What was happening in that scene? Yeah, the, what was happening in the whole movie. I didn't get why he wouldn't just let like it be a ghost. No, well, because he believes that it's it's a telekinetic problem. Okay. Yeah. And that he is on the verge of solving the problem of people being crazy by having an experiment with this these two guys and this one pretty girl where they have locked another girl in a room. Pretty also. Also pretty, but in a less blonde, mm. trashy way. Mm-hmm. It's your classic More blonde a- brunette divide, Betty and Veronica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this case, the Betty is the mean one because the blonde is the mean one. And the Veronica is the one with the telekinetic demon A classic powers. Thelma and Louise situation. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Skilla and Charybdis. It's a classic Cagney and Ghosty. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Laverne and Poltergeist. <laughs> so they have this, so this one girl whose name is Jane. They th- she acts like she's possessed by an evil spirit named Evie, but. Jared Harris, the professor, believes that she's a telekinetic. She's just making this whole thing up. So they embark on a— But also, like, Jared Harris is like, okay, if we provoke her into, like, showing her telekinetic powers, we can remove them and solve— And that will give us the cure for crazy. But wasn't it, like, also we just need to draw her— we need to draw those energies into a different uh, solid— Oh yeah, they're, they're gonna so they gave her like a doll, and they were like, "Oh, we can just put all the telekinetic energy this in is, this doll," this is which is now. crazy because that's normally what you do when there's a demon, right, or a ghost. The you take that this, demon and you put it in something well, else, and, and then you is a little burn weird. It up. It's like, I don't know. Let's the just, middle step in this is question mark, question mark, question it's, mark. It's the it's the gnome get rich quick scheme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Collect underpants, something, <laughs> get rich, <laughs> or collect the money. But the uh, so. Uh, they go and they embark on a very monotonous series of experiments that are all shot from shaky handheld camera where they put 
like I a, mean, let's give his camera work a little more credit. I don't think it was shaky. This it is was, the first I've heard of this, Hallie. I was complaining <laughs> about it the whole movie. And now you're going to stick up for him? I think that's crazy. He, yes. I, I now that the microphones are on, suddenly you don't have a problem with it. <laughs> Let me just explain. Now, right. they, they embark on a series of dimly lit, monotonous experiments. Okay, the lighting I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get on board with, but I don't think there was shaking. At where, in each experiment, I mean, they it was, put... There was not like Parkinson's shaking, but it was shaking. Daniel. Take it easy. All right. Please. Hey, Michael J. Fox. I, I apologize to all our Parkinson's <laughs> listeners. Now, the experiments, they put a brainwave reader headband mm-hmm. on Jane and then just tell her basically, hey, get Eva to come over. Bring out e- or Evie. Get Evie to come over. And there's some thumping, and then like a pipe explodes. Eve, something. Eva's a robot in Wally. Yeah, Eva's not a demon. It would be if Eva came. Then they learn the they learn the meaning of love. Uh, they. But they're also just trying to keep her disoriented. They're like constantly playing Slade's "Come on, feel the noise" to yeah. keep her awake. All and the they time. have a, a a kind of flashing epileptic light that just swirls around that she has to look at. But every time, every it's supposed to relax her. That was how it was introduced. But every experiment. Yeah, there's nothing more relaxing than a flashing than light. Than random flash. Well, I guess it's not random. But a flashing light or even a rhythmic flashing light. It sends light. me into a relaxed epileptic fit <laughs> every time I see it. Every experiment goes the same. They tell her to bring out Evie. She is like, uh, and then something ex- like breaks I or don't moves. think this is such a good idea. The camera gets knocked over and they all run around like fools with their heads cut off. Cut to the next day. Hey, I think we did some good work last night. Let's do another experiment tonight. And this happens roughly 400 times in the movie. But they drink champagne after the escapades to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, they're living yeah, the high life. Yeah, escapades. Escapades. Yeah. Let's get away. I want to take you on an escapade where we torture a telekinetic girl Guys, until she makes a doll explode in great, flame. Great shenanigans last night. <laughs> we totally tortured that girl. Hey, everybody. Let's pop some notch, bottles. Top-notch tomfoolery. Let's pour the bubbly. <laughs> Hijinks and Falderall. We're second to none. <laughs> get some sparkling in here. Uh, you, you rascals. <laughs> That's Dr. Rascal. <laughs> I uh, didn't spend four years at Rascal School. <laughs> so you me anyway, turn- I mean, if uh, I guess if his name's on the building, <laughs> you should get the title. <laughs> it seems like Chrissy the Blonde is... I came in as a freshman as a little rascal, and now... Now uh, I'm a man, only four rascal. Years. <laughs> anyway. Rascal. What? What? Man rascal, mascal. Keep up. I'm sorry. I'm so busy trying to talk about the movie (laughs) while Dan makes up his weirdo words. (laughs) It wasn't even a scary word. (laughs) No. That's why it it threw me off. I was like, how is that like a Crypt Keeper scary pun? (laughs) Mascal. Doesn't even make sense. It scares you with its incomprehensibility. (laughs) Sure. It sounds like Metamucil, which is not scary, (laughs) although it should be. I always imagine it's some kind of goop that it's a it came reminder off a of ghost. Your own mortality, dude. I've yeah. had it. It's scary. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Chrissy, the blonde, is sleeping <laughs> oh with all the guys except for <laughs> like Brian. Cat food? And Brian has a crush on Jane, the possessed girl. Uh, to make a long story short, they keep doing these experiments forever. Tension rises. Everyone gets mad at the professor, and then what about Br- Mary Jane. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> keep going. I apologize. <laughs> He's like, making a Gilligan's Island reference. Look at Elliot's or, face. He's so upset I'm right so, now. I'm just like, it's not like I interrupt people all the time. But I like to feel my like my interruptions are of a slight cut above that one. 
<laughs> Look, am I am I innocent here? No, I'm as guilty as the unnew driven snow. <laughs> and I try. I like to think when I interrupt you, I'm contributing to the conversation, right. whether it be a word that sounds like another word or a poop pun. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's. Anyway, trying to roll in. <laughs> let's keep this ghost train moving. <laughs> Casey Jones, get behind the wheel. So uh, tensions rise. Everyone's arguing with everybody else. Uh, and uh, we see more manifestations of Evie. Jane's hands catch on fire. At one point, she use, has like a male voice coming out of her. There's a she gets she gets really upset, and this long like venom tongue comes out of mm-hmm. her. But it's like 18 feet long, and it looks like CGI special effects because that's what it is. And they all freak out because they have never seen CGI special effects. This is no, the 70s. 70s yeah. Whereas now they'd be like, oh, it's like something in a Sci-Fi Channel movie. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, for reasons for reasons that are not totally clear, everyone gets mad at everybody, and they kind of break up the group. Brian goes back to Oxford and does some research and finds that in there, like a cult book section. But yes. I think that like the young people kind of form an alliance. Like I don't think there was genuine strife, strife between no. them. They argue no a lot. No strife of drive. But that's just <laughs> you know, you're strife of drive. Together. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Nice call, Vax, too. Wait, why were you looking at me? <laughs> you said you're working together in strife. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> anyway. Because you guys all work together. You can't see that. You can't see the hilarious silent take over the podcast airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine it right now. Mm-hmm. Old time radio. Uh, boy, uh, thunder, thunder. <laughs> it sure is stormy outside. Mm, Fibber McGee's closet. Ah, uh, crash, Full bang. A you horse know. is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll warm up next to this cellophane. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Sounds like flames. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sounds like flames. Mm. Knock, knock, knock. Lamont Cranston. Is that someone at the door? <laughs> although, world of the world. Although the one time they used a, there was an obvious door opening sound effect in this movie, it totally just sounded like a fart, right? <laughs> it's true. There's Close a scene it. where they open a door and it sounds like a fart, yeah. That was a highlight. <laughs> What's a highlight? What's, that was that, early on in the movie where we still had hopes and dreams for this it. This is oh. a movie that... We're still coming up on the other highlight, though. We haven't gotten to that yet. I did like that one bit. Okay, well, tell me when we get there, because I don't remember it. I remember liking nothing. Anyway, one of the manifestations is a symbol appears on Jane's body that Brian goes to the Oxford Library's occult book section, mm-hmm. does some old-fashioned research. It's time to put on the elbow polish and uh, get the gumshoe leather out. Crack and open hit the microfiche. The pound, decimal system. pound mm. the pavement and do the same thing that always solves problems. Do research the do in the library. <laughs> decimal system. <laughs> yep. Mountain Dewey decimal totally system. Totally extreme system of categorization. <laughs> yep. Let's put these books in decimal number points. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> this is a religion book. <laughs> that goes in. I don't know. One point seven hundred thousand somethings. The occult books are filed call under in, code red. Call in librarians. Our lines <laughs> are open. Mountain Dew. Yeah. It's red Mountain Dew. Uh, so anyway, it's interesting that Mountain like Dew blood. became like the extreme drink since when it was introduced, it was explicitly a hillbilly drink, <laughs> and all the can, all the bottles and cans had different hillbillies on them. Wait, it was, I know it someone was? who yeah, got- Mountain Dew means like moonshine, like it was a hillbilly themed drink. I mean, it still is pretty much a hillbilly drink, but but I know someone who once got thrush for drinking so much Mountain Dew, but now I'm thinking maybe it was just a demon. Wait, somebody who got thrush? Yeah. What does that mean? Wait, what's like that? a bird? It's like what people with AIDS get <laughs> Wait, when they're what? very ill and their throat it's an it's a sickness in their look it up. An people. inflammation. And it's called no. thrush? Wait, but it was just from too much Mountain Dew or was it 
just drinking Mountain Dew and not having real food. I think that that, <laughs> that played into it. First off, uh, as a representative of the Mountain Dew Company, <laughs> it's pronounced MTN Dew. We yeah. changed the spelling on the cans because Mountain Dew drinkers don't have time for all the letters. So you're suggesting good there's job. actually no real mountains used in the. <laughs> no, no, we take a mountain and we squeeze the dew out of it. It's a way of tapping the Rockies. <laughs> Good job, Hallie. We'll never have Mountain Dew as a sponsor now. But you were suggesting that but perhaps your friend, thrush, yeah, people. that it might have been a demon, demon possession. Mountain and demon. And also, just make sure you don't have it. Yeah. You know, wait, thrush. Test so get wait, is that like guys? Can you do self tests? What if you have Rush, the band? Well, like on CD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the same thing? Uh, did you buy drinking Mountain Dew or? Yeah, yeah. I I turned turned in all my Mountain Dew cans and I got enough to buy a Rush CD. <laughs> and then the CD got lodged in my throat, so it's Thrush. Uh. Anyway, this doesn't make any sense. The point is, he finds out that the symbol on Jane's Wait, body. Then, we can't talk about things that may, don't make sense anymore. This not podcast? anymore. That's gonna this be is a now problem. the sense making flop house. We learned about Allie's friend with Thrush. I feel like things just stopped getting polite and started getting real. <laughs> yeah. So, excuse me. <laughs> real talk, Elliot. What happens with the rest of this fucking movie? <laughs> so, he finds out that it's a symbol from a demon cult led by a guy who suspiciously looks like a young Jared Harris. But don't that worry, goes, Herring, don't yeah. worry, does, goes nowhere, never remarked upon. Only no, remarked upon by us. It almost feels Allie. like the movie is trying I was to the get... the only one watching it. It almost feels like the movie is trying to get the characters to, to understand what's going on, and the characters are too stupid to realize it. The movie is like, guys, Richard Harris is totally a demon-type guy. And the character's like, duh, nah, I don't think so. Duh, sorry, movie. Some of the characters try to leave the experiment only to be almost killed in a steamy room. Like an early Flophouse film, The Chaos Experiment. Yeah. Or The Steam Experiment. What was it called? The Steam Experiment. The Steam Chaos Experiment. Okay. The Spearmint Gun. (laughs) The Chaos Spearmint. (laughs) I have a theory that global warming can be simulated by giving everyone gum. Uh, Professor Val Kilmer, you're wrong. (laughs) They said I was wrong when they fired me from, from the gas station I work at. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, so are you not even really a professor? Well, I like to think I teach the cars about how to drive more by giving get, by putting gas in them. Well, yes, it's, it's a liquids curriculum. <laughs> I'd like to call myself a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That's the soda that I would sell at the gas station. Hi, Dr. Pepper. Uh, Barry Pepper. I have an honorary doctorate. <laughs> but you can so, call me Dr. Uh, Pepper. Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew, huh? Any other stuff you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> one's a doctor, Is one's a mountain. movie pitch? <laughs> yeah. It's a doctor and a mountain who have to team up to solve a crime. The crime, the world's oceans have disappeared. And it seems like the world's most famous ocean thief is still in jail. How could he have done it? Turns out at the end it was his wife. <laughs> okay, well, that seems anticlimactic. And they have to get there in time to anticlimactic. save... Anticlimactic. They have to get there in time. The villain, anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. <laughs> But they have to get there in time to save Billy Ocean, who's been locked up in a room with the other oceans, which are, of course, water. So he's drowning. (laughs) Fair enough. Anyway, so that's a little movie called Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew, Cops on the Run. (laughs) Colon Caribbean Queen. (laughs) So uh, they go back and confront the professor. And uh, basically, to make a long story short, uh, it turns out Jane and Evie are the same person. 
Evie is not a figment of her imagination, not a demon or a ghost. Jane was actually a girl named Evie who had paranormal powers and was used in some sort of ritual by a satanic group. Did you get any of this? Yeah. The okay. satanic group was killed in a fire that burned down their house. Turns out Jane slash Evie <laughs> right. set that fire with her mind to kill them all, but she survived. The cops gave her a new identity so she could start a new life. But I didn't realize the cops gave it to her. Yeah, so but Evie, <laughs> the Corbett repressed day. but her rep- <laughs> but her repressed she's just like Kristen from Top Chef. So nice of them. Who was given a name by uh, by the police. Right. Uh in oh. Korea. But anyway, that's for Top Chef fans. But they they went on to have such different destinies. Yeah, one became a model and a Top Chef champion. The other eventually died because her demon self exploded. Spoiler alert, dude. So anyway, I'm getting to that point. Though. Wait for the Top Chef person yeah. or for kind uh, of Evie Jane uses her powers to kill a couple people. It's only Brian and the professor left. The professor beats up Brian. He's uh, he's unconscious. The professor ties him up and decides. Oh yeah, that was great. He's that gonna, was the part you're talking about. He's going to stop. Oh, well, no, but. He's going to stop we'll Evie Jane's. Back. He's going to stop Evie Jane's heart so that the negative telekinetic energies can vaporize or something. Uh, but Brian doesn't like it, and he continues to punch Brian, like, pretty often. Yeah. Jared <laughs> but, uh, Harris really beats the shit out of this kid. And, uh, but. Like, <laughs> like, there are times when he just, like, excessively walks over and just kicks the kid who's still down. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Uh, Brian manages to escape, and he brings Jane back to life. But then she locks herself in her room and uh, kills herself by immolating herself with fire. Cut to uh, Brian, now looking a lot crazier, is sitting in a chair. Being and reco- kind of fatter. Did anyone yeah, else pick up on looks fatter and older. <laughs> it, bloated. It yeah. looked like it was. I, it I mean, was, he probably has a lot of salt in the institutional food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but it looked like he, would, he had gotten there for like his 20-year high school reunion or something. <laughs> Guys, so let's meet back here. In 20 years, if we're still all not on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he tells them that uh, everyone died because of this telekinetic ghost demon thing. They're saying, no, there's no film. All the film burned up in the house. And uh, Brian starts. They're accusing him. They're saying you killed him. They're saying you killed everybody. And Brian starts laughing and his hands start to smoke, just like Janie's did. And then the movie cuts out and everyone's left disappointed. So I'll, let me be honest with you. This was not a very good movie, but there were times during the movie when I was like, you know what? This could turn into like a so-so, like, okay, stupid horror movie. It doesn't have to be great. Sure, it's poorly lit. You can't see what's going on half the time. Sure, they're just repeating the same scenes over and over again. But look, there was some genuine tension at times. I like Jared Harris a lot. He's a great actor. The movie then Yeah, yeah I mean, you've seen him perform on stage. So. As Hamlet, the greatest of dramatic roles. What? So what's John the- Barrymore performed that role, as did Ralph Richardson. But what is the motivation for being in this movie if you're him? Do, I don't, cha-ching. I, but do you That's really think it's like a, uh, like a cha-ching? Oh, I forgot to mention, it turns out that the kid, the little boy that Jared Harris has film of him trying to help release this evil telekinetic power, it turns out was his son. Okay. And that's why he's so dedicated to this. Why would Jared Harris do it? I wouldn't be surprised he's got if... a lead role. Yeah, it's a lead role for a guy who's usually a supporting player. And as, as someone who... I grew- mean, he's not 
the lead role, though. I think we all know it's the romance between <laughs> Jane and, and Brian. Yeah. So it's not either of those characters, but the romance is the lead <laughs> yeah, Exactly. It's an intangible lead. That's why the posters said, the romance between Brian and Jane in The Quiet Ones. <laughs> said starring romance. The Quiet And introducing buns? the romance. The Quiet Buns. It's a, it's a bakery movie about a deaf baker. <laughs> it's just like uh, that, that Silence of the Lambs. Normal, normally a baker can hear the buns bake, but this quiet, this <laughs> deaf baker can It's also called Silence of the Buns. <laughs> now, he just has to use his nose now. Uh, yeah, he bakes by nose. But I mean, he can nose see also. Is starring Gerard Depardieu. He wears a blindfold. <laughs> just to keep it. Just to be, just to make it uh, to be double blind. Yeah. Although the thing is, the nose would help you much more in baking than your ears ever would. You're not. It's not like going to hear the buns being like. I'm done now. You would smell it though. Are you a baker? I'm not a baker. I'm just I a thought, faker. That's it. Are you a candlestick maker? I have made a candlestick or two. Uh, here's what now, I here's, like. Here's, but I would also wouldn't be surprised if Jared Harris, being from the UK has some nostalgia for Hammer films, and this is one of the films from the new brought-back-to-life, revived-from-the-dead, you might say, yep. Hammer horror films. Like and a regular Frankenstein. This monster. Like and an Hammer, irregular Frankenstein. And Hammer is... I mean, I have a nostalgia for Hammer films, and I grew up decades <laughs> after their heyday and not in England. Me too. I was a huge fan of him, not only in his heyday, <laughs> the pants era... <laughs> Also, <laughs> you want you were, you really didn't want him to hurt them. <laughs> Please, Hammer Horror Films, you said, don't hurt them. <laughs> uh, no other movies can touch you. It was too legit. <laughs> this movie is too legit <laughs> to, to watch. Stop making Adam's films. family. But this movie ended up just really <laughs> no. disappointing me in a way that I was mad about. Uh, the the scene that I was referencing that I liked was the scene where the guy... The, where the girl takes a bath, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you well, see her fine. nipple for like a second. That was a Half good scene. Half a second. Barely, even, not <laughs> but, even. But uh, I also enjoyed the scene <laughs> where the main guy's like, look, no one's going to believe this, even if we're filming it. There could be all these tricks. And he's like, oh, we like there could be something hidden inside this doll. And he just like stabs the doll to show that there could be something inside of it. And then upstairs, uh, the lady screams and she's like all bloody. Oh, I forgot about that part. And then, yeah. and then in the next scene, like they give her the doll as if to say like, here, you hold this. <laughs> Maybe you have the safer with you. You have the best motivation for not stabbing this doll. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for um, stabbing my doll. Uh, that was really great. When well, I mean, I, she ripped all the fucking hair out of it. Like, at that point, you're like, fuck it. You can do whatever you want to this doll. It's garbage. <laughs> it's like one of the misfit toys in Sid's bedroom in sure, Toy Story. So, so you should stab it. doll. Nobody wants that. Yeah, it lost all its retail value, I'd say. <laughs> you going to resell it? <laughs> On the secondary doll market. The doll black market. There was, a, there was a 99 cent store in a mall near where I grew up. And I remember once just poking through it when I was waiting for a movie. Like, there's a movie theater in the mall, and I was waiting for the time to go to the movies. And, they, like, just poking through the stuff what in the bins and finding... Like- Baby, baby, last dinosaur. Yeah, probably like Jerky Boys or something. But uh, the I remember probably searching for Bobby Fischer. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. As a kid, I loved Where chess movies. <laughs> the uh, Do you know the only movie I ever walked out of in the theater was Searching for Bobby? <laughs> What's weird is that Searching for Bobby <laughs> Fischer was not a bad movie. <laughs> I know. No, it's okay. Searching for Bobby Fischer was such a loose adaptation of Where's Waldo. <laughs> I don't even remember the chess plot from Waldo Waldo. And it's weird that they changed Waldo's name. (laughs) Oh, they wanted to be less ethnic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was a lot of... uh... 
There was a lot of Fido Dido stuff going on at the time, and they thought Waldo sounded too similar. <laughs> now, and I, I remember. So wait, why did you why do you leave the theater? I don't know. I was like, this is. I'm so outraged how bored I am. Searching for Bory Fisher. I but there was like a very attractive TVCY right next to the movie theater. What do you mean very attractive? So, like it was in a speedo? What is? So, wait. So you, it was I mean, kind of aloof, but you saw it like you saw this. Before you entered the theater, it's all and she then it was just like in your head the whole time. I was just like, oh, God. Like, oh, I could be a TCBY. I'm seeing my next move, and it's TCBY. I think this movie called Searching for the Best Yogurt. Now, yeah, here's the story I was just going to tell, and it's boring, so I'll tell it quick. But uh, I was searching through the bins at this 99 cent store, and there was just a doll's searching head for... in one of the bins. And I was like, was this attached to a doll at any point, or are they just trying to sell the head? And I immediately wanted I don't to see buy a that price head. tag, so maybe it's a patron. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, doll's head. I forgot what you were shopping here. This <laughs> collection of Stewart's trading cards are all mine. I'll just barter. I got, uh, make best offer. <laughs> How do I get for this doll's head? I gave you uh, three bookmarks <laughs> and one slap bracelet. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I'd have on me as a kid. <laughs> or the bar system. As I don't we believe before. you had here, slap bracelets drink. on you. I, I had you. slap bracelets. Yeah, I'll give you three dinosaurs attacks cards. <laughs> no, they're friendship bracelets. Those are slap bracelets. My friend slapped <laughs> that on me. My friend slapped me all the time. Uh, really, handcuffs are the ultimate slap bracelets. <laughs> now, so here's the thing about this movie. Why? Dan. Oh, wait. Oh, so so you like do... that one scene where the where the doll gets stabbed and she's stabbed, sure. and that is a good scene. I'll give you that. That yeah. in a better movie, that would have been a very memorable scene. I mean, also in a bad movie, it was a very memorable scene because it was surrounded by dross. <laughs> yeah. So co- a couple of things that uh, so this movie went too often to the well of mixing the dialogue very low. Only to have the occasional like really scares loud. super loud. Bum, bum, it's bum. Such a common thing. Uh, the other thing is, for but I'm. By the way, I will say I'm so vulnerable to that usually, and I was not scared at most of those surprising moments. When I mean, like the camera fell on the floor and then loud noises. Yeah, it didn't get me. I mean, I was watching it with you jerk off. So. And the lights were pretty loud. <laughs> we were jerking off the whole time, so you were feeling more disgusted than scared. <laughs> I was just and by jerking jerk. off, we were scared, turning but... off our jerky boys tapes. <laughs> <laughs> and Callie was like, turn those Jerky Boys tapes back How up. can you even understand three different Jerky Boys tapes playing at the same time? Also, shouldn't you have those on CD? They're from the mid-90s. Early 90s? Early 90s, let's say. Uh, but let's say this for the movie. The blonde girl in it wore a couple different hats. <laughs> she hats. wore many yeah. hats. I, my favorite comment throughout the movie was <laughs> Stuart's that we knew she was going to die because she stopped wearing hats. <laughs> she had lost we, her reason to live. We knew they were phasing her out when she stopped wearing those great hats. Like, uh, we ran out of all the hats for her. Time to kill this character. Now, this is, a, but this is a movie that feels like it wanted to be an R-rated movie but was PG-13. Like It kept avoiding showing nudity or blood. In a way that was for a movie for with a two bathtub movie. scenes, there was basically no nudity. And for a mo- and for let's face it, like a Hammer movie, like Hammer horror movies, kind of revolutionized blood in English horror movies at the very mm-hmm. least. Like to have a squeamish, not bloody Hammer movie is really dis- like they were pretty lurid for horror movies of the fifties through seventies. 
So to have this be kind of like, okay, something bad's going to happen, but it'll happen off screen. So this is also weird because for a movie Christopher Lee would be rolling in his grave if he was not still alive. I mean, he probably still sleeps in a coffin, right? (laughs) I mean, he's he's Dracula. There's there's an episode of, uh, I forget what, uh, what... Chat, How I Met inter- Your Mother. There's an inter- so, I forget what interview chat show it is uh, on England where Christopher Lee was the guest and the episode's from the either the late 70s or early 80s and the host comes out, I want to say it's like Terry Wogan or something, he comes out in a coffin in a cape and he walks over to where Christopher Lee is sitting there and Christopher Lee is noticeably unamused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he does not care for all this Dracula shenanigans. Uh, He's like, why aren't you asking me about Count Dooku, <laughs> the character I'm working on for the next 20 years? My next count. <laughs> well, it's like when uh, in the deleted, like in the special features on uh, Attack of the Clones, where George Lucas turns around a Yoda stand-up that has Dracula things on it in front of Christopher <laughs> Lee, and you can see Christopher Lee's like, how do I deal with this and not lose this gig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why aren't people making Saruman jokes? <laughs> Uh, we should wrap this up with our Shocktober final judgment. Oh, oh is it spookily battifying? No, no. Scarily good? No, no. Or wormily no, not no. so good? No. The categories <laughs> is it totally scarifying, totally snorifying, or frighteningly funny? Elliot? I'm going to have to go with totally snorifying on this. It had the potential to be totally scarifying at times, but then it was not. Yeah, I'm going to say totally snorifying. Jared Harris was good. The movie was not. Jared Harris is good. I mean, Jared Harris does a lot of good with his part. Yeah. And he is... He, I hate to say his name in the same sentence as snorifying. He is he is never snorifying. And only once was he frighteningly funny in Lincoln. So, But uh, <laughs> otherwise, he's really great. So, Stuart, you say snorifying or no? Uh, yeah, I'll go snorifying. I feel like uh, for a movie that... Nothing. It's surprisingly boring. There's a lot of like cheap scares. Totally horrifying. And they could have put a little more effort into just building the world to make the few scares that they did have pay off more. Yeah. Give us some more character. Give us some more settings. Some more motivation anything. for fuck's sake. You were saying if the, you're saying if this is an element, it would be boron. <laughs> Hallie, what do you say? I don't it put words boring. <laughs> it was boring. Uh, it was so snorifying. Yeah. So um, before we move on to our next segment, there's a little housekeeping. Uh, oh, should uh, Windex and stuff? Do we need that? Yeah. Get me the duster. Uh, first off, by now... Also house cat. <laughs> first off, by now, listeners will know, uh, because of the intro, uh, we have joined the Maximum Fun network of podcasts. Uh, we wanted to join the Maximum Overdrive network of podcasts, but... Uh, Stuart got hit in the crotch with a soda can, mm-hmm. uh, spat out of a so evil soda machine. So we decided not to join. But uh, just to answer, it's a maximum uh, overdrive. Yeah, thing. sure. Emilio Estevez and whatnot. There's a green guy. Uh, I believe his name was Helmilio <laughs> Helstevez. Um, but uh, of the Dead Fist Club. <laughs> but uh, just wanted to answer a few questions before they're asked. Um, number one. Eight inches. We've had no falling out with all things. That's comedy. how tall an eight-inch person is. <laughs> uh, no, all things. This was a very amicable split. 
Yeah, we're still friends with our good friend, Mr. Owl Magical. Who is a fantastic and amazing person. Yes. Irreconcilable differences, that's what I heard. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I don't know where you heard that from. uh, Just all things comedy's goals were different than ours, so we feel like Max Fun seemed like a better So you couldn't make a life together. You didn't Mm -hmm. want to raise each other's children in the same way. You didn't want to eat each other's children. Yeah, we were doing an old child swap. Mm Mm-hmm. They were going to raise our children. We were going to raise their children. Um, but um, it was, this was one nightmare. of those cases. Usually, the phrase "creative differences" is used to paper over a real agree- disagreement. But this and was, I heard it was used in this instance. <laughs> no, but this was a case where, as you Dan are really said, stirring the shit. <laughs> their ends and our ends are not the same, and this feels like a better fit. Uh, they but, want world domination, and we're just trying to put out a good podcast. Yeah, we're just a couple of dudes hanging out, man, with one dude at. The house cat. <laughs> That's right. The house cat's Man, a woman. Two of them in one episode. <laughs> this is amazing. So, uh, but also, um, just to reassure our listeners, nothing's going to change under uh, our new Max Fun home. Oh, uh, except uh, Stewart's being fired. Yeah, I'm being yeah. fired. Who, who's replacing me again? Uh, a, uh, I think Cole Hauser. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll allow it. But we're, he wants to be called the Slaw. Oh, that's interesting. Like, like Cole Slaw Hauser. Okay, or the weird. Slaw. I think it's weird, but he's he loves mayonnaise. Okay. <laughs> uh, same show. Or Dan Nays. It's <laughs> mayonnaise made by Dan. Oh. Well, you may keepers product <laughs> mayhem days. <laughs> if you hear any differences in the show, Mayhem-nays. it'll just be uh, that we'll now be promoting other Max Bond podcasts and we'll take part in their uh, donation drive in the spring. Speaking of which, their donation drive is not until the spring. So if you want to support the Flophouse through donations, you can go to maximumfund.org slash donate and uh, specify that you're donating for the flop house. But they've got a lot of great podcasts. There's Fishbowl, Meat Talking. No, these are not actual. Up in the Sky. No. Flieger Bombers. <laughs> who brought that sandwich? That's a good one where every week they talk uh, about a guy who brought a sandwich somewhere. Uh, French Braids. French Braids is a good one. Let's not forget World of Gorm. <laughs> and of course, there's also uh, Fan Blasters, the fan review site where they review different no, types of ceiling real. fans. And the, is that a wart? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it turns a, out most of the time it is. It is, yeah. There's a visual component, but you don't want that. And of course, door cats. Okay, well, thanks for Can all those lies. Can a cat lies. and a door be the same? We find out in door cats. <laughs> they ask the hard questions. Hard like a door, soft like a cat. <laughs> PH made for, a, for you. <laughs> made for a cat, but I like it too. Why are you eating cat food, Grandpa? Meow. <laughs> 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 oh, what's that? Was it the door Dark. slowing? <laughs> really? Because it sounded like hands clapping. <laughs> Sounds like somebody showed up and gave the uh, house cat high five. Foley effects. Stomping, stomping, punch sounds. <laughs> Cram. The sound of Slambo. buffalo running. <laughs> Wait, what is that? The sound effects. Rumple. <laughs> What's that the onomatopoeia for? <laughs> Dan's just making up sounds. Quisp. Okay. So uh, uh Speaking of donations, thanks to Jill H for her way too generous donation. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Uh, my sister's like? name is Jillian, and my last name is Haglin. Do you think it was her? It probably was. <laughs> probably was. How generous was like a million dollars? Thank you. Yeah, we can retire. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to Maximum Fun. We're not making any more shows. Yeah.
Maximum um, Fun, of course, was founded by Maxwell Funenstein. Okay, sure. <laughs> he named it after himself, Max German Fun. trying okay. to move on. Yeah, yeah. Maxwell Funenstein of uh, Stuttgart. Oh, um, interesting. And uh, he had a he had a vision. A I mean, vision, that's a southern town, so he should have visions. Yeah, he had he yeah. had a simple vision: a world of with only Germans in it. Oh, luckily, weird. that's uncommon vision, in Germany. Max Fun has kind of changed its <laughs> its uh, its uh, pre- precepts over time. Now it's more about fun podcasts, podcasts like. Floor Stompers, no. <laughs> TV, or Yes TV, <laughs> the Radiator Talks. Those are the options. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Guinness <laughs> Podcast of World uh, Steckers. Checkers. World Checkers. Uh, let's see. Okay. And no. what was that podcast you were on, Hallie? Rugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the one about toupees and carpets, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and we had to guess which one. <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget bag fuckers. <laughs> The only podcast where they review the sexual possibilities behind different bags. So, I mean, that one, that one doesn't pull any punches. No. Or oh, bags. No. But afraid, I'll tell you what. I'm not afraid who it offends. Yeah, you, try to ride a subway without getting a boner after that podcast. But I'll tell you what podcast does pull its punches. Punch pullers. <laughs> Do you have a punch that needs pulling? Call the punch pullers. They'll travel anywhere in the country and pull a punch for you. Hey, you pulled my punch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've got two more. He's got a podcast That's on another podcast too. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I got more letters. <laughs> and it's a, it's a guy reads letters to, to Jesus. The letters. <laughs> Jesus answers them. Just two more quick announcements. Uh, as of this taping, there's still 12 seats for the Yonkers show Get on the October the 18th left. How are there still 12 seats left? Um, this is hey, I Know Who Killed You, Perfect for the disciples. <laughs> yeah. You're right. If you're the apostles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> the disciples are the apostles' uh, enemies in WCW. Yeah, yeah, it's the other softball team in the uh, intramural Jesus softball league. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so show up those apostles, disciples. <laughs> anyway, and sign now. there's 12 seats left. You can still buy the tickets, but, uh, don't, I would advise against showing up on Yonkers Day, uh, and getting tickets, trying to get tickets day of. It's not going to happen. And by the way, happy Traffic Yonkers on, Day. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic Yonkers. on Yonkers Day is terrible. Oh, it's awful. But the Yonkers Day parade is one of my favorites. So many Yonkers. <laughs> Founded by Jebediah Yonker, <laughs> Yonkers funny. Day celebrates all that is Yonkers. Mm-hmm. It started Yonk, and then it just got Yonker. <laughs> Jebediah known for creating oh, Mountain okay. Dew from his mountain fastness. And lastly, <laughs> lastly, in the announcement section, by the time you hear lastly, this, lastly, Lagland, voting. By the time you hear this, voting will be open for our contest. Seeking the new song of the autumn. Song so of the autumn. Last, it's to, last autumn song was, of course, he's the house cat, parentheses, Arthur's theme. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but if you go to uh, <laughs> flophousepodcast.com, they'll ha- I'll have all the songs up for you to vote. How many options them. are there? How many candidates? Uh, as of right now, I think there are uh, nine or ten of those That's songs. a lot. Yeah. Okay. So um, go there and vote. Are any of them from David Byrne? No, we. It's going to be tough yet. because you're picking between all champions, mm-hmm. but you yeah. have to pick one. Unfortunately, as with Highlanders, there can only be one. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, moving into everything's letters. butts with you. Yeah, everything is butts. Uh, our first letter of the evening. First letter of the evening. First letter of the night. 
first letter for a time of fright. It's Shocktober letters tonight. Ooh. Cuddle up close to someone who can protect you from the ghosts in the letters. They're ghost written because they're ghost letters. Shocktober ghost letters like this. Dear Flophouse, I'm a ghost. <laughs> I lost my keys. Do you know where? I'm a ghost. No pockets in here. I can get through the door. Should I tie a knot? (laughs) (laughs) Hallie, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Why is this ghost asking about his keys? Because he lost them. When you lose something, you should tie a knot. I lost my keys. This letter song got weird. (laughs) I lost my keys. You know, like you'd lose the cure for cancer? (laughs) Ghost Connery. I found the cure for pizza, but I lost it. <laughs> kind of like how you lose your cheese. <laughs> I've been work- workshopping this uh, Medicine Man, Pizza Man <laughs> reboot. Yeah, you're going to do that at Caroline's. <laughs> See how that works out. Caroline's in the city. So continue with the letters, Dan. Now that my song was rudely destroyed by Hallie. <laughs> so this is called, uh, it goes like this. Joyous Shocktober Flophouse. Or should I say, boilous Shocktober chop house? <laughs> yep. Pretty good. With That's the approach good. of the spookiest of all months, I've realized I've got a few totally scarifying questions begging to be released for the du- from the dungeons of my mind, and I was hoping the original moldy peaches could answer them for me. However, that indie band has been on hiatus for about a decade, so perhaps Internet Radio's favorite ghostly trio can answer them for me. The first, Quattro, or perhaps worst. Trio? Goes to Boort Skellington. Okay. Do you prefer your mid '80s through early '90s creature features to have a heavy metal song or a hip hop track playing over the end credits? <laughs> I'm partial to the ending rap songs from Waxwork 2, Lost in Time, and Maniac Cop 2, but do have a soft spot in my heart or someone's heart for Dream Warriors by Dokken from Nightmare 3 and Man Stuart's Behind the Mask song. by Alice Cooper. That's the thing. the The Dream Warriors by Dokken is great, and I remember when I'm I'm sure I've shared this story, but Dan and I watched that uh, watched on like VHS or some shit. Yeah. And after the movie, they showed the music video. And at the, like, the music video is like Doc and hanging out in a fucking dreamscape, rocking out. <laughs> and after the video, it yeah. cuts to rocking Freddy like Krueger in bed and he wakes up from this horrible nightmare. And I guess he's like wearing all his gear and shit. And he looks at the camera and he's like, Who were those guys? Which is awesome because it's like Doc and I guess scares Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. It's like They're the uh, it's like the Guns and Roses waste of ammunition bit from the end of uh, from the, the You Could Be Mine video. Yeah. Uh, and that that Terminator recognizes each of the members of the band. Yeah, because the I mean the Terminator's not going to waste his ammo on Guns and Roses. They're going to be shitty in like twenty years. <laughs> He's like, I'll let them destroy themselves <laughs> with Chinese democracy. <laughs> So all right, so that's a I assume a vote for the for the rock. Always the rock. The thing is that I love the. Uh, there's nothing better than a movie that ends with a guitar squeal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. So the <laughs> second. Is that about Pig Oink? That's not what it squeals outside. The second question, which is more of a dead shun, is for Heliot Whalen. Who do you prefer? Or if a ghost was asking this question, boo, 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 prefer. This Boris is really Karloff going way overboard. <laughs> or Bela Lugosi. Personally, I became quite the fan of Mr. Karloff after reading the excellent biography, Boris Karloff, A Gentleman's Life. However, Mr. Lugosi did meet a Brooklyn gorilla. It's very true. Uh, I have gone actually back and forth between the two of them throughout my life. For a long time, I was a much bigger Boris Karloff fan, and I really didn't like Bela Lugosi when I was younger. 
And then I, as I got older, I came to get him more. Uh, and I go back and forth on him, but I, it's hard for me to pick a favorite. They both have such unique styles, and they both have <clears throat> such different feels to them. The kind of decadent old world Eastern Europe of Bela Lugosi and the sophisticated yet monstrous uh, English qualities of Boris Karloff. So I know they're both great and uh, it's hard to choose and that's why The Black Cat is my favorite of their movies because they're both in it and they're both great in it. Just so you guys know, Lulu is doing a lot of crazy shit on the rug right now so it's hard for anyone to pay attention Lulu to Lulu is desperately trying anyone, to take... Hallie means Hallie. And that's the thing is that if she's not talking, it's because she's watching. she's watching a cat play yeah. with a toy mouse. Well, the, a least, toy. the least crazy thing a cat could do. Uh, I sense a, I sense Elliot's a little upset that we're not paying attention to him right now. I yeah. mean, I'm talking important stuff here. Karloff and Lugosi. All right. So for I my also, last... and I also I have to say though, also it's hard for me now to not feel more sympathy for Bill Lugosi since Boris Karloff. Oh, had... I thought you were going to say it's hard for me to not feel more sympathy for cats now that I have a baby. <laughs> nope, not a sentence that was going to come out of my mouth. They're basically the same. They're thing. very similar and not at all. But it is... They uh, both roll around, they lick stuff. They do really cute things that preoccupy you. That's true. Mm-hmm. They both can't control their own pooping. Uh, Actually, cats, cats can. can. They, they have a place one for up it. for cats. Point cats in this one. Uh, Boris Karloff's life went a lot better than Bela Lugosi's, and so you f- I feel kind of like the sympathy for Bela Lugosi, too. Right? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Bela Caroli this whole time, so I was a little <laughs> confused. Yeah, more sympathy for Who Bella can forget Caroli. when a Kerry Strug landed on yeah. that br- that fractured <laughs> leg, and then Bela Lugosi like, swooped in and <laughs> carried her away? Yeah. He's like, you can do it! And then he sucked the blood out of her. My gymnast of the night. The sweet jumps you make. Thanks for the effort. <laughs> I'm bats over you. That's the vampire yeah, Valentine's Day card. Great. You Good drive stuff. me batty. <laughs> it would suck if I didn't know you. Uh, and Bat last- my Valentine. Are you sick? You seem to have a little cough in. <laughs> That's a stretch. A little cough that was in. It's a big stretch. Yeah, because she's tiny. Yeah. She's a gymnast, dude. She's a child who died. <laughs> You've got a little cough in. Yeah, like Casper, the friendly dead kid. <laughs> so, did he have legs? All right, guys. Yes. So he's like, not me? Yeah, Ida know and not me were Casper's brothers. Okay. Yeah, he's not you, Stuart. <laughs> You're not dead. <laughs> What's happening? Wait, what? Was so, there going to be a question for you, Dan? On. Yeah, for his last question, he says he turns to the creepinardo of the group, Dank Bones McCoy. <laughs> Bones, you've recommended many films to watch while you're on an airplane, <laughs> but what if that name. airplane was flying into hell? <laughs> like an event horizon? Yeah, and this is from Charlie McCorn on the Macabre. Um, I'm going to go with Tail Sting, the movie about giant scorpions on a plane that came out several years before Snakes on a Plane. 2001, uh, a good, bad movie. Okay. So, uh, really? So you're going, your plane's flying into hell. This is probably the last movie you'll ever see, <laughs> and you chose Tail Sting. All right, I want to change it. I, um, I'm assuming that if he's going to hell, he's going to be watching a lot on. of movies. Possibly the quiet ones on repeat. Yeah. If I'm going to hell, maybe, uh, I don't know, Emmanuel? <laughs> <laughs> With the first one? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You want Not Emmanuel in space? So this That's next one. Really a TV series. Goes like this. 
Hallie's so excited. Hallie is very distracted by the, this cat. Well, Lulu doesn't normally hang out with other people, but she has found a kindred spirit in Hallie. Well, Hallie okay. is a cat Podcasting. <laughs> Uh, hello, fellows. It's well established that your wives don't have any interest in the gobbledygook that you post on iTunes for the world to see. Very true. W- wait, well, that's not true. Your wife doesn't. She has no interest. I think Charlene uh, listens, right? She does, yeah. Sarah listens. So I guess what does it feel like to have a, a wife who doesn't care about you, Elliot? I mean, in some ways, it's nice that my wife she, doesn't care about she this reads all. She reads all the comics you write, right? Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, really? Well, some, most of them, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, she watches the show I'm the head writer for. Uh, what's that? The John Oliver one? Yeah, yeah. It's called <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> Boom. I, Burned. It's, I know it's for a, a podcast I do for Max Fun called uh, Microphone Guys. Yeah, <laughs> there are a couple of guys with a microphone. Anyway, the but point, just one, so it's not recorded that well. Point is that um, the point a- break. Actually, two thirds of our wives <laughs> do listen to the show, but this guy's question. It's always wives' butts with this guy is. What of your private lives? What is the relationship between each flopper's respective wife and the two men with whom he spends way too much time? What are you implying? And have they bonded together like the wives of the Project Mercury astronauts because no one else could possibly understand? That's from Dan Last Name Withheld. Dan McCoy. Thanks for writing in, Dan. Um, I'm surprised there wasn't something in there about how great <clears throat> Dan is. I know um, <laughs> I know the uh, the flop wives went on the real flop wives of Kings County and uh, went on a uh, went on a trip to a Russian spa at one point. Mm-hmm. They do stuff together sometimes. Yeah. Uh, they I'm I'm assuming in no way do they talk about bad movies or their husbands. Not at all. Every now and then I'll bring up to Danielle the idea of doing a wives episode of the flop house. Where our wives Mainly watch as a, a movie. goof, right? To and, yeah, fuck with and, her. and every time she says, "I would rather not do that." They uh, they all like each other, though. I mean, like I, I no, think they get along very well. Yeah, they, I think that maybe they would not have come to know each. I mean, like they certainly would not have come to know each other uh, if we weren't if friends. we weren't friends. But uh, now they are all independently friends with each other, and and uh, independently wealthy. And all of them, mm. I would say, are friends with uh, each of us. Y- yeah. yeah. Wait, are you? What are you saying? Charlene doesn't like me. No, that was ah, shit. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> Could just um, not like is such strong language. She despises yeah. you. <laughs> well, it's weird that, I mean, like it's weird that she comes over to the house sometimes when you're not here. It seems like what? she wouldn't do that if we weren't pals. What is this late consequence? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not just kidding. Late consequence. It's Temptation Island. Mm-hmm. So. Hallie, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I was How's that cat treating you? She was good. She was so friendly. This yeah. is a very unfocused episode of the Flophouse. <laughs> well, what? The questions are directed at you guys. You want me jump to in. That's why I tried to. I tried to ask you a question. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, uh, bring you back into the yeah, fold. Yeah, um, I love all your wives. Thanks. They're all great. Hot. They're really nice. <laughs> Damn, don't be creepy. Um, Purpose so, number one, everybody. <laughs> The last question for the night. Since movies are such a big part of your lives, I was wondering where it all began for each of you. In other words... Well, when a man loves a woman very much... In other words... And the woman loves the guy, I guess so-so. In other words, what are your first movie memories? Mine is of seeing The Mask of Zorro with my parents. And, well, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Signed, Batman, real name withheld, <laughs> Wayne Manor, Gotham City, USA, Earth 2. So, um... Wait, Earth 2? Yeah. So it's the bad guy, Batman. Apparently. 
Uh, Hallie, why don't you, this is a question you can first, actually answer. My first question would actually be like, did we ask you what your favorite <laughs> movies are? No, we didn't. JK, just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that. JK means Joker to him. He thinks that was a threat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, Earliest movie memory, Hallie. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought of a joke thing. Okay, say it first. And <laughs> oh, then say I was going to say, um, when I found my... Oh, no. <laughs> say it. <laughs> what? You're the one who... You brought it up. You introduced United. something. When I found my parents' better sex videos that are just instructional videos about out of sex. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah they exist. How were they? Were they good? Were I mean, they cassette were they, tapes? Or? Or, or, or were they like the old joy of sex... Things where you've got like the illustrations of like super hairy 1970s people having sex with each Why other. Why do they draw them hairy? It I was don't know. From it was the time the, no. Okay, so the thing is, liked. there's a professor with a bow tie in part of it, and then there's like a lot of sex in part of it. Yeah. Is it the professor with the bow tie having the sex? No, he's like, this is how you have sex in a pool, and then it cuts to people having but sex. But did you learn a lot? We know a website it? that's interested in that. <laughs> So uh, so it's kind of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, the, the criminologist is just narrating while the others are having well, yeah. their What was the advice on having sex in a pool? Because I would not recommend it. That's not a good lubricant. Water? Well, well wait. What? When did this become a sex how-to I'm podcast? I'm curious what the... I mean, this was... I was how to have sex in the 90s, pool. probably. Maybe the... It was the 90s. Everyone was watching sex videos <laughs> back then. In school, we were watching them. Uh, so that sounds like a great memory. But that's not real. I nope. really hope. My parents don't listen to your podcast, do they? Uh, no, they I mean, listen a lot. You told yeah. the story of how your mom had someone in her class come up to her and ask whether. Oh, that. Hey, whoever that was, <laughs> can you just real talk? Keep this between us. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what was the question? First, well, first movie, movie memory. memory. Pet Cemetery. Oh shit, that's a good Hardcore. one. Yeah, that was yeah. so scary. I had this really good friend, Hillary Power, and. Um, <laughs> If you're listening, Hillary Power. Don't tell Hallie's mom. You're great. Um, She was the first person I ever smoked a cigarette with at a very early age. Three. And she also exposed me to Pet Cemetery. And I remember, even though I would smoke a cigarette with her, I still had to call my mom to pick me up in the middle of the night because I was so scared from Pet Cemetery. That's a little shocktober memory for you guys. (laughs) Um, my first memory was, uh, not as interesting as either of Hallie's. Um, my parents took me to see Never Cry Wolf in the, uh, theaters. If I don't know that. Wolf, that's what? a movie Brotherhood about, of Wolf? No, Never Cry Wolf. It's about a... <laughs> Dan wasn't allowed wolf, to watch movies It's about a researcher <laughs> who goes and lives with the wolves in Alaska. And, uh, I remember it being very good. And I remember very little about it other than there was a scene where the guy, like, jumps up naked because there's like a bunch of like a herd of uh moose or antler caribou or something caribou something princess caribou run by and i think brian dennehy is in it and he pilots a plane it must be great and uh <laughs> and there's a scene where he falls through the ice and can almost brian dennehy hard, almost falls through the no, ice the hero okay. he has a hard time getting back out of the ice finding the hole that he fell through and those are the three things i remember about never cry wolf did you ever watch my life as a dog uh, yeah. Because that was an early, also, movie memory for me. Yeah. Not as shocking, though. Not a shocktober memory. No, neither no. of these are shocking. But, you know. Okay. But, but they got a dog and a wolf in them. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it was no, there okay, was no dog. It. Actually, there was no dog in the movie I'm talking about. Uh, it's just Wait, coming of age has, story. Has dog I remember Lassa Hallstrom's movie. Yeah. yeah, where the kid My gets... My life as a dog. He's, a, he's No, I know. The kid he gets cursed to turn a into a dog. <laughs> it's like the Shaggy DA. Yeah, like the Shaggy DA or that My, My uh, Pet Monster TV pilot no, from was, years ago. My Pet Monster? Yeah. I know there's no dog. Wait, does he find a monster in the basement? He no, he thought gets, there was he, really the curse a gets put on him where he turns into the My Pet Monster character. Uh, guys, what about your first movie memories? I'm still thinking about My Pet Monster. Um, <laughs> uh, th- my first memory is kind of a Shocktober memory. I remember going to see Ghostbusters as a little kid and my mom uh, covering my eyes for the During first... During the blowjob scene? The first... <laughs> sc- <laughs> no, of course not. That's totally cool. It was the, the first scare when the librarian the ghost... Uh, and afterwards, uh, like when we were in the theater, I, she covered my eyes and I'm like, what did it look like? And her description was like Skeletor. So all moms out there, that's how you be a good mom. Because mm-hmm. I immediately knew what she was talking about. And that she knew who Skeletor was is a exactly. big Exactly. It looks more like a ghost of like an, a gorilla. Uh, actually, have you person. never seen Skeletor? <laughs> <laughs> he is stacked. Especially when the librarian has that ram's head staff. <laughs> Uh, I honestly don't remember like the earliest movie memory I have. Like, there's not a time going back that I don't remember. So just movies mention movies. something you remember. I mean, I know the first good. movie that I was ever brought to as a baby was Atlantic City, the Louis Mall movie. I think wow. I, me and my sister, I think, were like a month old or two months old. And my parents just needed to go to the movies, so they brought us. And apparently, my sister cried and had to be taken to the lobby, whereas I was a gentleman. And watched the film. Ice cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it's <laughs> totally emotionless. Apparently, I cried my way through Empire Strikes Back, and my mom had to take me out of the lobby. She which... was like, This is the best one of the trilogy. Yeah. You'll understand that when you're older. Uh, I remember that. But there's no space bears. You your way through most of adolescence. <laughs> what is this? Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Feed Hallie a couple of martinis. This is what happens. <laughs> I would say that uh, wait, if, it, if we're talking about shocking things, I've told the story in the past about when I was eight or nine years old and my dad borrowed a tape of RoboCop from his friend and the opening scene where Edie Tonine blows that guy's chest to pieces, how totally shocking that was to me as a kid. And I think it turned me into the sociopath I am today. <laughs> yeah. When you, you got up and ran around the room going whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I do remember my my older brothers forcing me into like a dark room and making me watch uh, Poltergeist and Aliens, and I th- I think that that rather than like putting me off horror, has, like gave me a taste. Yeah, for it. well, it's yeah, I yeah, never... yeah. It's like when you force somebody to smoke an entire carton of cigarettes, and mm-hmm. they become a smoker they for life. It's like when you you force someone to have sex with you, and then they finally <laughs> get really into sex. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the Halle Haglund charm. She can say horrible things. <laughs> and it comes out adorable. <laughs> Just I will. Kidding. I will. I didn't have an older any JK. older siblings, so like, <laughs> so I missed shit. out on that. But I remember when I was a kid, I had a friend named Derek who who had an older brother who was super into horror <laughs> he movies. Was Ricky Gervais. Yeah, he was doing he an offensive kind like, of. He wasn't really funny, but he was heartwarming. <laughs> he went but, on to become the best baseball player of all time. But he, uh, he. Yeah. Okay, so can but I he, say something about Derek? Can I finish <laughs> one thing? So he. he oh, for the first time, Elliot's like, can I finish? <laughs> so, De- go on, Derek. 
Eric had an older brother who was super into horror movies and would leave copies of like. Was his name Zach or Thad? Yeah, it was, it was Thad Zach. Chet. <laughs> Thad Zach. A real Thad, Thad Zach. It was Zach. But he he would leave copies of Fangoria and like the boxes to horror movies he'd rented all it's over like the place. The, my dream older brother. And that, but that's, like I would just see these like random images of gore lying on the floor in like the living room of my friend's house, and I was never brave enough to like pick up the magazine and flip through it and read the articles but that was, maybe man. that was my in- what be a man well I, it was hard for me to be a man when i was like seven but the uh but i think that was my introduction to like horror was these these isolated glimpses of people's faces torn off or like their skin blowing up or whatever you never so i feel like it was a pretty classic experience uh in in a young girl's life that we you would go to a slumber party and get your period no you'd go to a slumber party <laughs> and you'd have to your mom would have to pick you up because you would pretend that you had like oh i'm supposed to go to church tomorrow so i better go home but no. really it's because you were a woman now you went to a slumber party somebody had like a real like drama horror movie somebody had faces of death and i was the one who had a live we watched a live of my slumber party for my 10th birthday. That's and like, crazy. Yeah. This is like, a girl thing. Girls do this. Guys don't do this so much. When they're older, I guess they get together with their friends just watch horror movies all night. And they but, watch pornography. But when I was porn. like but 10, like, I totally would not do that. No, I would, I, was, I would be way too scared. When I was like 10, I had a birthday party where I showed Nausicaa Valley of the Wind, <laughs> and my friend didn't like it, so he left. <laughs> Like, we got in a fight, and he had to leave my birthday party because he didn't like it. Yeah, I think when I was 10, I think we went to see, like, the Ninja Turtles movie did in the you, theaters. Did you play Light as a Feather, Strip as a Board? Yeah. That's awesome. Little but girls. I also <laughs> do remember walking in on my brother's slumber party when they were watching a porn movie. Yeah. That's and a they, weird what, slumber party. Do you remember what no porn offense. it was? It involved, like, a money shot, and I remember when it happened, they were like, ah! <laughs> and I remember the Wait, they're laughing. That's yeah. weirdly enough, my O face <laughs> is laughing and clapping. Laughing and applauding. <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like a real I'm disingenuous laugh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, even at the time when I was very young, it felt like, all right, you guys were saying this is funny, but I think there's a, a lot yeah. more yeah. feelings going you, on. You walked in and you went, okay, guys, just be honest and whip it out. We all know what you want to do. If you excuse me, I've got some of my little ponies to play with. <laughs> we had a diary entry to write. That was the kind of thing my college roommate freshman year used to do is that he would watch porn and be like, this is hilarious. Look at that! That's crazy. What? And it was like, just masturbate to it. Like I don't, I'm not going to judge you. Like, come on. I mean, not while I'm here. I mean, I don't want to be in the room. But like, don't don't pretend yeah, don't you're watching. Chase me out of the room by masturbating or anything. <laughs> don't you fucking castle freak. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna watch something ironically. It's not pornography. No. Um, we would watch like Bloodsport or Best of the Best. Ironically, yeah, sure. Bloodsport was actually a really good movie. <laughs> One of my early movie, one of my actual early movie memories. I don't remember. Is when your parents took you to go see Bloodsport in the theater. No, when we rented it from Video Variety. (laughs) Video Variety. Yeah. We've got a variety of movies. We've got all types of movies from Bloodsport to pornography. I mean, I have such an early memory of Video Variety that I remember um, 
being a child and um, like hugging someone's legs and a man looking down at me and it not being my dad. <laughs> oh, it's like okay, here's blood sport. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and you were like, uh, Check this I don't want to. I don't want him to know that I'm doing that. I was made a mistake. Uh, I'm robbing you. <laughs> Hand me your wallet. It's like when you accidentally I'm, call the teacher mom. I'm stealing your <laughs> leg. <laughs> this is my leg now. <laughs> um, Who's the leg now, dog? <laughs> so. Uh, we should recommendations. Get on to our no, final. Do do? This our, is gonna be the longest episode yeah, ever. Yeah, especially because there's an intro. The uh, Mamma Mia. For a Max Fun intro, but anyway, um, so this is where we recommend we split movies. Split in half. Save some. Uh, save some for later. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. well, listen to some of your, your lunch break. for yeah, next yeah. Halloween. Treat this like yeah. a Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, so this is where we recommend house sandwiches for a couple days after movies. Eat it and then at midnight, go back and. Listen to some more. <laughs> then turn into a gremlin. Uh, um, don't turn into a gremlin. An AMC gremlin. So this is where we recommend movies that we actually liked rather than the movie we watched. Uh, for October. if we can, we're going to recommend some horror stuff. But if we can't, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we make oh, the man. rules. You're not the boss of us. Uh, but um, Elliot, what do you got? I'm going to recommend two movies. Boom. But I'm going to do it quick. Uh, this is a movie about a scientist who gathers together a bunch of misfits to do a psychical... Misfits of science? Misfits of science, exactly, to do a psychical experiment. So I'm going to recommend two movies that do that much better. The first is a movie I thought for sure I had recommended, but when I checked the the Flophouse Recommendations website, it didn't seem to come up. So I'm going to recommend From Beyond from Stuart Gordon, Stuart Wellington's favorite director. Favorite director, although he has also he, crushed my heart and soul. Yeah, by giving us the truth behind Ding Dong Gate. Uh, From Beyond is loosely based on the H.P. Lovecraft story of the same name uh, and involves a scientist, group of scientists who are creating a device that can see and interact with the dimension that vibrates at a different wavelength than ours and is full of horrible creatures. And it is a super fun, super gross like movie full of uh, wet special effects, I guess I'd call it. There's so many special effects in it that look like latex plastic monsters just slathered in goop. Uh, <clears> it's pretty great. It sounds a, good to me. It's, I may have told this story before on the podcast, but I remember I, the first time I ever had a kidney stone, I was alone on 4th of July weekend, <laughs> and my wife was out of town, and it was super painful. I felt like my body was attacking me, and I was like, I'm just going to watch a movie. I still haven't watched From Beyond yet, and I was like, this movie gets what I'm going through. <laughs> just a bunch of people whose bodies are, are fighting against them. I, w- I was stuck home once with like a, uh, after I had a surgery because of a broken finger, and my mom, uh, in my like drug haze, I watched uh, a movie my mom rented, which was Body Parts, <laughs> starring Jeff Fahey. Uh, and it was a similar situation. But yeah, around the time Jeffrey Combs sucks a guy's eyeball out of his skull and then is like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this movie gets my, what I'm going through. Uh, the other movie I'll recommend is that more of a older classic, and that is another guy gets a bunch of people together in a haunted house to find some ghosts with his research movie, and that's The Haunting, uh, the Robert Wise movie. Sure. Uh, it's a nice classic early 60s chiller, uh, it's, I think, one of the best, if not the best, of the haunted house movies in general. There's some real super creepy parts, uh, and it holds up very well. For and a movie. beautiful it's, cinematography from Robert Wise, the cinematographer. It's a, it's a gorgeous movie, yeah. Did he do the cinematography also? 
Uh, I don't. But no, that's, he, uh, according he started to this, out as a according to this Davis right? Bolton, he started out as an editor. Oh, okay. he edited uh, Citizen Kane, well, Magnus Anderson's. Yeah, but no, the, but it looks great, and it's a it's a really spookifying movie. So from beyond, if you want something a little splatterier, and The Haunting, if you want something classy but still scary. Um, I'm gonna quickly because I don't I don't have a movie. Uh, I watched. I don't have a, a horror movie that I watched recently that I really liked. I watched The Sacrament. It was okay. Not enough to recommend. But I have watched a couple of episodes of the French series The Returned about a an isolated... So we can watch... We can recommend TV now? Yeah, sure. For the, for the purposes of what this, about, What not? about movie trailers? Okay, why not? <laughs> uh, but no, this is, a, this is a French series. It's available on Netflix streaming... It's about a an isolated French mountain town where some dead people uh, come back to visit. Uh, to come back <laughs> to visit, just check in, <laughs> see how he's doing. You know, shoot the shit. Oh, but, that store closed down. That was a that was a toy store when I was alive. Now it's a shoe store. All right, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> but they come back several years after they died, uh, unaware that any time has passed. But the people who uh, have lived on and had to, you know, put these deaths behind them know, obviously, that these people are dead. And it's a series that focuses a lot on mood and atmosphere. And the horror of it is not that these are zombies. The horror of it is the real emotional horror of these people dealing with what it's like for this mystery like to have occurred like both for the survivors and for the dead people who realize holy shit i died and now i'm coming back to a world that uh, i no longer fit in um but are the zombies super scary uh there is one like super creepy like uh little kid who doesn't talk at all yeah. and i don't know what his deal is yet because i'm only two episodes in but uh, only two episodes in of an eight episode first season i can say it's very good the returned uh, French TV series. Hallie, Shocktober recommendation. Okay. Shocktober recommendation. All right. Before Pet Cemetery, but <laughs> also involving Hillary Powers, uh, the movie that first scared me deeply was um, the hit film, I'm sure you all remember it, Witchboard. The original oh, Witchboard. Awesome. And I would like to recommend it because uh, it, it, it was pre-paranormal activity really making use of the materials that scared the shit out of you. It was also starring... Um, Tony Katane. No. <laughs> Tony Katane was not who I was thinking of. <laughs> I was thinking of... Stephen Nichols, Mm -hmm. who was Patch on Days of Our Lives, a very pivotal character. He doesn't actually wear a patch. He he doesn't wear a patch in Witchboard. He doesn't wear a patch in Witchboard, but he does wear a patch on Days of Our Lives. But I will say, scared the shit out of me. Many nightmares. Days of Our Lives? (laughs) Or Witchboard? Both. Okay. But I'm recommending Witchboard right now. So wait, what was the name of your... Wait, Witchboard? What was the name of your... (laughs) That board. Oh yeah. So what was the a, name of your friend that introduced you to horror movies? Hillary Powers. Because my wife had a friend when she was growing up named Jennifer Hudson, not the actress. 
So I think I feel like there's this like trickster spirit who goes around introducing <laughs> young girls to, <laughs> to horror to movies. Which board? Yeah. To which to board? Another horror yeah, movie. It's called Taking Many Guys. It's called Friends of Girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Every, I, there are a number of stories my wife has told me about like the girl she knew she had friends with who, who was friends with who was like the bad girl who got into trouble, but she was my wife's friend and she introduced her to things with, that she wasn't really old enough for. You know, and she has like, but she has like four or five friends that she's told me no, about by now. I that I was think my never wife me, but with, I with will not say. Crowd. I want to say that the person who Hillary Powers I am friends with on Facebook, and I will say she's leaving <laughs> an enviable, inspirational life. Hillary Powers. You overcame those horror movies, and I think you're you're doing it well. So rock on. Rest in peace. With your bad self. Uh, May the force be with you. So that was an interesting twist that Dan dropped. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm going to recommend a movie that I swore I've recommended before. Uh, it's not one of... Okay, well, I don't give a shit. It's uh, The Hidden. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend That's the movie. It could be a horror movie if you were caught up in that scenario. <laughs> if your body was taken over by some kind of slug alien. So, as Elliot said, it's a movie about uh, a slug alien that comes to Earth, takes over people's bodies, and then that person goes around on a killing spree because the alien is a horrible alien criminal. That's one of the things I love about that movie is that it's not just a, like an alien that controls you. It's an alien criminal. Yeah. In so, space they have a crime and this escaped criminal is taking people over. So, got Kyle MacLachlan. So, yeah, Kyle MacLachlan plays. It features the music of Concrete Blonde. Uh, plays a space cop. <laughs> Who's recommending this movie, Dan? Sorry. And um, well, I appreciate the recommendation. He gets paired as a FBI agent. Uh, this is a pre Twin Peaks. He's uh, a space cop who inhabits the body of a recently deceased FBI yeah. agent. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and then uh, the Earth cop, who is who's like a no nonsense blue collar type, played by Michael Nouri. Uh, the two of those guys chase down this uh, this alien uh, no good Nick. And uh, there's <laughs> some really great shit. The uh, I think my favorite moment is when the, uh, as pointed out by a mutual friend of ours, Bill Hickey, is mm-hmm. when the alien inhabited uh, like stripper uh, falls off of after I think she's riddled with bullets and falls off of a rooftop. You can very clearly see the crash mat when the uh, <laughs> the the stunt double hits the uh, falls off the roof. So I totally recommend watching The Hidden, and it's very clearly the inspiration for New Line Cinema's Jason Goes to Hell, a.k.a. Friday the 13th Part 9. It is? Yeah, because that's totally a ripoff of The Hidden, right. where Jason, as a worm, inhabits people's bodies and goes on killing sprees. Do you think it's possible someone had a The Hidden revamp script and it wasn't getting made, so they just turned it into a Jason script? Or like a Hidden 2. Because mm-hmm. there was a hidden two, wasn't it? Two there? shades of blue. Whoa, there's a hidden two. I thought so. Let's Maybe there finish up this podcast. Mm-hmm. Dial it up. So, <laughs> so making this stretch it out. Yeah, yeah, the simple. hidden two. So what's because <laughs> this what's, is not already the longest podcast we've ever. So done. What's, the, what's the next step of this podcast? The next step of this podcast oh, is, is we end it. <laughs> do we make our uh, do we make our condolences, our acknowledgments? No, we just. How say, does Max Fun end a podcast, Dan? Uh, it just ends it, buddy. Well, let's say it's October, so it's time once again to close the coffin. Slam shut the crypt no way, door. No, not dead. Bump, close the gates of Flophouse Cemetery. Clang please, please and lock them up tight. Go. 
For spirits, ghouls, goblins, skeletons, creepazoids, pervazoids, schools, fools, moles, goals, rolls, and rolled gold pretzels roam the earth. Let's leave them behind for tonight, for who knows when they may reemerge two weeks from now. <laughs> All right. Well, the next episode of The Flophouse. Flophouse. Starring me, Dan McCoy. Me, Stuart Wellington. Special appearance by Elliot Kalen as himself. And? And longtime host, Hallie Hackley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Good night. Ugin. Scary. So do you know this Merlin Mann guy? He's a very popular internet personality. He did a podcast called You Look Nice Today, and he does a lot of, um, he does a new podcast that's a more productivity-based thing. He was trying to get me to listen to one of his shows. Who's this? Merlin Mann. Merlin Mann. I don't know who that is. Some kind of, is that like a internet guy bitten by a wizard? Now he has the powers of a wizard as Merlin Mann? Half mm-hmm. man, half Merlin. As Merlin himself was a demon. Really? Well, some say. Is Gandalf a demon? No, Gandalf is a wizard. <laughs> uh, Mithrandir? I don't know what that is. That's Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got 300 names in Lord of the Rings. Bilbo Baggins, who was known to the elves as Scrivnor, <laughs> and who the orcs knew as Thorndragger.